Section 4 of Folklore and Legends, English. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Daphne Ma. Folklore and Legends, English by Charles John Tibbets. Section 4. A farmstead in situated near the borders of Northumberland, a few miles from Holtzire, was once occupied by a family of the name W.K.N. In front of the dwelling house and at about sixty yards distance lay a stone of vast size, as ancient, for so tradition amplifies the date, as the flood. On this stone at the dead hour of the night might be discerned a female figure wrapped in grey cloak, with one of those low-crowned black bonnets, so familiar to her grandmothers, upon her head. She was incessantly knock, knock, knocking, in a fruitless endeavour to split the impenetrable rock. Dahlia's night came round, she occupied her lonely station in the same low-crouching attitude, and pursued the dreary obligations of her destiny, till the grey streaks of the dawn gave abdomission to depart. From this, the only perceptible action in which she engaged, she obtained the name of Nelly, the knocker. So perfectly had the inmates of the farmhouse in the lapse of time, which will reconcile sights and events the most disagreeable and alarming, become accustomed to Nelly, undeviating nightly din, that the work went forward, unimpeded and undisturbed by any apprehension occurring from her shadowy presence. Did the servant-man make his punctual resort to the neighbouring cottages, he took the liberty of scrutinising Nelly's antiquated carp that varied not with the vicissitudes of seasons, or he pried sympathetically into the progress of her monotonous occupation, and through her pale, ghastly, contracted features gave a momentarily pang of terror, it was rapidly affected in the vortex of good fellowship into which he was speedily drawn. Did the loon venture an appointment with his mistress at the rustic style of her stockgarth, Nelly's unwearied hammer, instead of proving a barrier, only served by imparting a grateful sense of mutual danger to render more intense the raptures of the hour of meeting. So apathetic were the feelings cherished towards her, and so little jealousy existed of her power to injure, that the relator of the circumstances states that on several occasions she has passed Nelly at her laborious toil without evincing the slightest perturbation beyond a hurried step, as he stole a glance in the explicable and mysterious form. An event in the course of years disclosed the secrets that marvellous stones shrouded and drove poor Nelly forever from the scene so inscrutably linked with her fate. Two of the sons of the farmer were rapidly approaching maturity, when one of them, more reflecting and shrewd than his compeers, suggested the idea of relieving Nelly from her toilsome avocation and of taking possession of the alluring legacy to which he was evidently and urgently summoning. He proposed, conjointly with his father and brother, 
to blast the stone as the most expeditious mode of gaining access to her arcana, and this in the open daylight in order that any tutelary protection she might be disposed to extend to her favourite haunt might, as he was a thing of darkness in the night, be effectually countervailed. Nor were their hopes frustrated, for upon clearing away the earth and fragments that resulted from the explosion, there was revealed to their elated and admiring gaze a precious booty of closely packed urns, copiously enriched with gold. Anxious that no imitation of their good fortune should transpire, they had taken the precaution to dispatch the female servant on a needless errand, and ere her return the whole treasure was efficiently and completely secured. So completely did they succeed in keeping their own counsel, and so successfully did their reputation keep pace with the cautious production of their undivulged treasures, that for many years afterwards they were never suspected of gaining any advantage from poor Nellie's knocking, their improved appearance and the somewhat imposing figure that they made in their little district being solely attributed to their superior judgment and to the good management of their lucky farm. End of section 4 Recording by Daphne Mann